Hey everybody, Sourdough here. Today, before we start the show, I want to tell you about our upcoming conference, the Not Real Art Conference on March 16th here in LA. It's a one-day learning event for artists to come together and learn, share, network, and grow. We're going to talk about protecting your IP, licensing your IP, and pitching your IP to Hollywood. Tickets are right now at 100 bucks. We got some great speakers, experts, artists talking. We got Human, we got Logan Hicks, we got Jorge Gutierrez, of course, we got your boy Man One, and we've got experts from Hollywood and New York coming to talk about the law, talking about pitching to Netflix, all kinds of exciting stuff. So go to notrealart.com to get your tickets today. Thanks so much. Now let's start the show. Hello, this is Siri, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, Not Real Art. I live for this shit because it's totally lit. Welcome to Not Real Art, series favorite creative culture podcast with your boy Man One. And sitting across from me is Sourdough, the one and only. The one and only. It's an acquired taste. I'm an acquired taste, Man One. I know. <laughs> you know. You really know. I really know. Yeah. I know, man. Good to see you. You too, bro. Happy holidays. Absolutely. This is uh, another holiday show prior to the holidays. This is the, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing for the holiday? Not, I'm staying home. I'm chilling. You know, we got family and a bunch of things to do with the, with the family. But, you know. Now what is, what is tra- tradition, the holiday tradition yeah. <laughs> like for the Man One Clan? Oh, man. I'm glad you asked. Are you? Well, okay. So th- we have some tradition and then we have some evolving tradition and we have some new tradition. The tradition tradition. <laughs> Capital T uh, is now that I'm married, been married for a long time, but it's uh, on New Year's. Uh, not even, I'm fucking lost. On, <laughs> Where on, are you, man? Yeah, I'm not even talking about New Year's, I'm talking about Christmas. On Christmas one Eve, one holiday at a time, please. One holiday at a time. Chronological order, please. Well, see, this is why I get all fucked up because there's so much going on. So, Christmas Eve, we go to my in law's house, right? Mm-hmm. When I say we, it's my immediate family, my kids, my wife, and we go to a to my in-laws house and we have an early dinner you know like we go around three three o'clock four o'clock have dinner with what's on the menu tamales Mm. awesome that's traditional yep so there's so tamales are always on the menu and your mother-in-law makes them and my mother-in-law makes them my wife and and my sister-in-law help right yeah between the three of them they they made the tamales got it this year they actually made them early okay and froze it yeah you know so the game nice. again, yeah. ahead of, of the game ahead of the yeah. game because i mean they do like you know massive amounts of sure. tamales you know yeah. so we go have an early dinner and, and it's not just tamales there's ham and there's yeah. all kinds of stuff it's a big feast right so you know my wife has you know four brothers and a sister and so they're extended families and sure. so it's a it's a big meal lots of cousins lots of cousins and everything and stuff so we all go and have this 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 meal there so then we go home and at our house, we Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, we wait till midnight and we open the presents. Okay, right with our kids. Yes. Then we wake up in the morning, and my wife always does like Santa Claus gifts and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, stockings, and so the kids, you know, sure they get their stocking stuffers in the morning, whatever. Yep. Then we go back to my in-laws' house for 
opening of the presents mm-hmm. slash breakfast. Nice. Right? So anyone, and okay, the reason everyone goes to dinner the day before mm-hmm. is because not everyone can make it on Christmas Day. Got it. So if you can't make it to one, you go to the other, etc. So on Christmas Day, we go back, Christmas morning, and usually it's menudo on the mm-hmm. on uh, on the menu. Mm-hmm. And we have breakfast, and then we open presents, right? And then that's that. And then... Because my parents moved to Palm Springs a few years ago, things have changed because we used to go to their house at midnight. They'd stay there till we opened the presents. But now that they're in Palm Springs, that doesn't happen anymore. Right. So now... There's a reason why they moved to Palm Springs. <laughs> I hate to tell you. I know there is. So now we either, after that, we either go to their house, drive to Palm Springs, and spend the day, the rest of Christmas Day with them. Mm-hmm. Or we do something back as a family here in LA, like we hang out, go to movies, do something, and then go visit my parents the next day. So there's like there's all these like things that happen, and they change every year because sometimes my parents they they don't want to see us on a certain day, or they they want us to come on a, on a different day. So all that gets thrown out the window. But it's just crazy. I mean, it's like it's it's never relaxing. Christmas is not relaxing. It's oh, not. hell no. Now, it's much better now because all our kids are older. Yes. But when they were, when, when our kids were like three, four, five years old, oh, it was a fucking mess. It's a fucking I've, mess. I've, I'm living that. You're living it right now. Dream right now. Yeah. Wow. And you know, the thing is that, that we both have large families. So, oh man, we have like kids galore. There's like 30 kids running around. Well, in, right. I mean, A, that's chaotic and stressful on a certain level, but that's also like exactly what Christmas is about and how beautiful and cool is it to have all that like f- family energy, kid energy, you know, youthful energy, you know, r- buzzing about. Am I full of shit? Uh, no, in theory, you're right. <laughs> but, in theory, that's what I always say. But, you know, the thing is that like when you have to create rules, okay, mm. for how we, what we do and how we engage with each other during the holidays, you have to create rules. Then you know there's something wrong, right? And what I mean by rules is like, for example, it got to a point where there was so many kids under 10 years old mm. at one point mm. that we had to put a price limit on how how much you can spend sure, on each right. kid. Shit adds up, man. Because there was times when we were all, you know, we were hurting and had, yeah. you know, we, we had a limit. We had a budget. Yeah. We had a budget. And, you know, not every year, you know, some years... One of somebody's doing somebody's well off, and someone's doing this. Another year, someone's having a hard time, and it, and then you get into this whole thing about like, well, you know, so and so gave me this, but right. this person gave me that. And you can that. only give people uh, man one painting so many years in a row. Yeah, they they start they start rejecting <laughs> them after a while. They're like they're they're worthless at, yeah. a, at a point, right. you know. So I've already I've already wasted all my man one art gifts on my family, but yeah, I mean like so. <laughs> So it's crazy, right? So you have like, you know, oh, you can only, this year you can only spend, you know, 30 bucks or 40 bucks. That's the max per kid, you know? Oh. And then you ask the kids, well, what do they want for Christmas? And they're like, Xbox. <laughs> A new car. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, they, no, that doesn't fit under the 30 bucks, you know? Right. But, you know, it got crazy because we'd spend, if we wanted, you know, obviously my wife and, and I always want to, you know, give all our nephews and nieces, you know, gifts and stuff and everything. But, you know, you're spending thousands of dollars every Christmas and you're like, holy shit, 
you know, it adds up. So we had a we had a sure, you're probably still paying off some of that stuff. Yeah, you know. So I, know I, mean, I am. And like I said, like luckily all our kids are older now. The ones that are under ten years old is there's very few now. So they're they're getting spoiled. You know, these little kids now. Right. But yeah, so it's just it's just it's just kind of crazy. You have all these rules and all this like you know, and then we have like a we have a secret Santa thing we do with with our in laws. That's fun, right? In theory, I, I <laughs> everything theory, is in theory here. In theory, theoretically yeah. speaking, yeah, there's all kinds of fun happening. So here's the thing. So now, I'm gonna, okay, I don't want to get into this, but I'm gonna get into it. So for Thanksgiving, when we get together with my in laws, that's when we do the secret Santa. That's like a tradition. Okay. So after dinner, you know, they get all the names, and put them in a bowl and then they pass the bowl around everyone picks you know mm-hmm, sure who they're gonna get for secret santa all right well there's always drama always every year there's drama like for the last 10 what, years people, been aren't, drama. people aren't happy with the names they pull okay first of all like how some, can you not be happy with the name you pull some people don't show up for thanksgiving dinner <laughs> okay right but then they're pissed because they're not on the secret santa list right right yeah. you're like well you weren't here gotta show up that's right? you know but half a life you, you, right? showing up. So after we have already picked our secret Santas, then all of a sudden it's like, oops, we have to redo this. We have to take a second, you know, do it again because so-and-so wasn't here and now we have to make up for it and we have to put them back, you know. Right, right. Oh, uh, shit, here we go. Let's do it again, right? Yeah. Or, <laughs> or we do the secret Santa and then all of a sudden it's like, well, the, oh, here's the other part. It's when you, when you put your name in, in the Secret Santa thing, you also have, there's another list that goes along with it that says what you want, like a wish list, right? Now, that came about because at one point, we were just giving gifts, you know? How, you know the, how you give thought, gifts? The thoughtful things. The thoughtful things. How dare you be thoughtful? And people were like, yeah, this is shit. <laughs> I want to custom yeah. order my shit, please. Yeah. I, I don't like the, the fact that I got this article I, I don't clothing. like the fact that you went and put thought <laughs> and energy and effort into getting me this very specific thing that you thought was would right. be really nice right. for me. Right. I don't care about any of that. No, you got the wrong shit. I want, I want, I want a pair of Nikes, damn it. So, so now there's a list. So is it really Secret Santa? Because first of all, like if you're telling... I don't know. There's so many, there's so many things to discuss about this that drives me crazy, and and the, <laughs> I guess at the end of the day, it's kind of like you know, it's supposed to be the thought that counts. That's what it's supposed to be in theory. In theory, but if you look down this list, what everybody you know, quote unquote, wants, half of the shit is like, just give me a fucking card, like a yeah. debit card, like a, a business card. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. No, no. You know, <laughs> like like that's where I'm at. Like a gift card. Right. Oh, oh, of course. Gift cards have changed the game. That's it. So right. you look down this list yes. and half of the shit is, I just want a gift card. Right. Right. So really, is that a Christmas gift? Like, I know, right? Merry Christmas. Here's here's a $40 here's money. gift here's, card. Here's money at a store. Here's money. Go, go yeah, do whatever right. the fuck you want to do. Right. But it got to that point because everyone else was complaining about what the hell they got for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, man. So I, I don't know. Is it worth it? I don't know. You know, is it, is it, it, it really it truly is off the rails. I mean, the holidays, I mean, when, when, you know, when our country's economy, you know, hinges on Christmas sales, yeah, right. When our GDP is somehow rooted in, you know, some connection to, uh, Jesus's, uh, supposed, uh, virgin <laughs> birth uh, in a manger, um, we got problems because of course, 
you know, you suddenly then have to start marketing this uh, precious holiday. Oh, I don't know, in October. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yep. Uh, in the run up, you know, because you can't, you know, let, you know, sales suffer. Right. But I'm with you 100%. Christmas has gone off the fucking rails. When you see these crazy videos of people waiting Ugh. at the door on Black, Black Friday, Friday or yeah. whatever, and they literally just kill each other yeah. to try to get a goddamn, you know, Tonka toy or whatever the fuck they're buying right. these days for kids. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's really disgusting because in my view, the holidays can be a beautiful thing if yeah. it's about, in my view, what it should be about, which is about your family, your friends, spending time together, enjoying some good food, some good company, merriment. Merriment. Can I just have some merriment, please? <laughs> and, uh, and and it's just so stressful now. You know, looking back when I was a kid, I loved Christmas. Yeah, me I too. loved it. Yeah, yeah. Some of my fondest memories are around Christmas because I grew up with, again, tons of cousins, mm -hmm. right? And Christmas was always at my grandmother's house. We'd go to her house and literally the Christmas tree was in one of the rooms, in the living room, and the gifts under the tree came all the way to like half halfway into the room. You could only walk into half of the room because right. oh yeah, it was overflowing with, with right, gifts. and that's like one gift per person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's so many people. Yeah, so many people. Yeah, and I don't remember ever saying, "Oh, so and so got ten gifts, but I got five. or you know, so and so got Absolutely. this and I got that. Absolutely. I don't ever remember that. Yeah, I don't ever remember yeah. that. So no. as an adult, seeing all this shit, I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, because as a kid, you you just remember how fun it was and we we do all kinds of stuff you know because the christmas tradition in mexico or, yep. or for at least me growing up from my mexican roots our tradition is that we open the gifts at midnight right right mm -hmm. so you stay up all night all night you know especially when you're like a five six seven year old kid oh my god you can't sleep are you kidding me yeah but it also it's like you hit the wall at some point, you know? Right. Because, right. like, you know, you, you want to be up all night, but, you know, you, you used to go to bed at 9 o'clock, and all of a sudden it's 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 10.30, yeah. and you're, like, Ugh. fighting it. Right. And so we do all kinds of stuff. We do games and, and all kinds of crazy things with our cousins just to keep each other up. Sure. You know, because, you know, the, the adults, you know, they're having fun. They're, yeah. they're playing cards. Merriment. They're, they're drinking. They're doing whatever. Yes. But the kids are running around the house. Yeah. And, you know, we have to figure out some way to keep each other entertained so right. that we don't fall asleep. Because you don't want to fall asleep at midnight. That's when it all happens. That's when it all happens. That's right. Growing up, I'll never forget all that stuff. But, you know, over time, things change. You know, obviously, after my grandma, my grandmother passed away and no longer have her house and yeah, it all changes. That, everything yeah, yeah, changes yeah. Yeah. and you know and it's kind of weird because um on my mother's side because it was my grandmother on my mother's side and my my mom you know there's only three of us myself my younger sister my younger brother so it's not like 20 different kids or whatever yeah. there's just three of us and even that we can't get together all the time <laughs> like right. just just three siblings it's it's so hard to get us together at our mom's house, our parents' house, my right. mom and dad in Palm sure. Springs, to get together for any any well, occasion. Also, I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but your mom yeah. and dad didn't didn't help matters by moving out to the fucking <laughs> desert. I mean, well, you know, thing, I, you I know? think they're sending you a clear <laughs> message. They don't want you to come over, man. One. Yeah, but see, it's a mixed message because it's like, okay, we're in Palm Springs, an hour an hour and a half away, but how come you guys don't come over? 
You know, how come you guys aren't here tonight? No, but see, that's the genius part. <laughs> that is right. They don't actually mean it. They just they, they get it both ways because yeah. they're like, okay, and we can guilt them, make them feel and, bad. And then we, we know say, they're not going to come anyway. And then we say, hey, we're going to have Christmas this year at my sister's house. Why don't you guys come down? Mm, right, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're trying to flip it on yeah. them. But yeah. So why why aren't they coming? <laughs> oh, yeah. Your, your dad doesn't like to drive uh, that, that so far. So they are not coming. Oh no, wow! I thought no. you were gonna. I thought you were gonna tell me that they are coming. Okay. No, they won't. They yeah. haven't come for the last uh, since they've been they're to Palm Springs. They're done. They're like they're done. done. There's always a reason why they're not coming. Right. By the way, with all those kids, and I know you only had you know two bro- two brothers, you know one brother, one sister. With but they're like all those. They're done. They're like you know what? Yeah, they're done. They're like whatever. Yeah. Right. And, and Later. that and, and that would be fine. I right. would have no problem right. with that. Right. Except it's like afterwards, like oh yeah, well. You go have fun with your in-laws, you know. Ooh, politics, because, family you know, politics. Yeah, I know. I know you guys are always there. Yeah, I know you always go over there. Right, and right. you never come here. I'm like, Ooh. are you serious? <laughs> like, like we're trying to include everyone. We're yeah. trying to do yeah. everything, and yeah. then you know, not good enough. Not good enough, and you know, but don't invite us because we're not going to go over there. Right. right. But, yeah, you're damned if you do, damned if you, you know, don't. So, you can't. So worry. it's just like it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 old Mexican guilt trip. Well, but, Feliz um, Navidad. Yeah, Feliz, Feliz Navidad. And um, good luck with all that. <laughs> to this day, the best Christmas that I've ever had. Yeah. And I'm like you. I mean, I grew up loving Christmas. My mom always like went. She was a Christmas nut. You yeah. know, like love Christmas and. My dad, you know, had to put up with her fucking shit. You know, yeah. all the lights and the trees and then this and then that. You know. Like a good soldier, he did it every year, up and down, up Absolutely. and down, whatever. And, you know, fond memories and all that. But it, as I got older, of course, I became very aware yeah. of, you know, the commerciality, the commercialism, you know, just all the insanity, yeah. you know, of it, it's whatever. And, uh, but still to this day, you know, the year I earned my my pseudonym, Sourdough, yeah, was a year I was, like, living in the Arctic, right? Right. And it started snowing and getting cold, you know, and freezing up in October, right? So October, November, December, it's a truly a winter wonderland, okay? Right. It is just gorgeous. And yet, of course, because we're in the middle of freaking nowhere, there's no indication that it's holiday time. There's no stores. Christmas lights. You know, no Christmas lights, no stores to, you know, market shit to you or whatever. It was just my buddy and I cutting firewood, yeah. Trying to stay warm. <laughs> you Same know, day you're like, day four. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah Say, so, you know, in this beautiful, you know, setting. Until mm. December 24th, Christmas Eve, about two weeks before we we're supposed to leave, a plane flies over the cabin, lands on the river in front. Mm-hmm. Out of the plane comes some of our best buddies. Oh, wow. With bags of Christmas presents. And boo- uh, unannounced and, and booze. Oh yeah, <laughs> and cookies. Right. And by the way, battery-operated Christmas lights. <laughs> right. And on Christmas Eve, nineteen ninety-one, out of nowhere, yeah. suddenly, it's Christmas. Right. You know, and that was such a powerful moment because I was like, "That's kind of what it should the be. Essence, Could yeah. it be the essence of it? Yeah. Your family shows up." They bring some gifts, some food, some lights, some fun, merriment. Right. And it's just a 24-hour yep. party. Right. You know? And to me, to this day, 
that yeah. is still the highlight because it got to the essence and the purity. Yeah. Right. Of and, of, and, of, and exactly where were you? So our followers know, where our was listeners it? know where you were at. I was 500 miles south of the Arctic Circle, yeah. 120 miles southeast of the polar bear capital of the world, Churchill, Manitoba, in northern Manitoba, Canada. And uh, it was, you know, it was, it was it, to me, to this day, was just so great because there was just none of that propaganda. There was none of that yeah. bullshit, you know, leading right. up to, you know, the main event. Was Jesus there? Hell no. <laughs> you know, what a lot of, here, true story, what a lot of people don't realize about yeah. that, about Christmas is, yeah. well, first of all, most theologians who know <laughs> their history and know that will tell you that Jesus Christ was actually born in July. Yeah. Okay. The other thing they'll tell you, they know, is that the reason Christmas is in December was because there was actually a very popular pagan holiday that Absolutely. was happening in, in, in that time of the, the year. And so to help get converts to Christianity, right. they thought, well, let's just celebrate piggyback. it to piggyback this pagan holiday. Sure. Right. So a little bit of honesty yeah. about, you know, why things are <laughs> the way they are would be, you know, at least in my view, a, a little healthier for all involved. But anyhow, well, good. Happy holidays. Have a good holiday. You know, last time we were together, we were talking about Art Basel. I think we're still going to talk about Art Basel. Well, we, you know, because <laughs> it was epic. It was epic. And, I, you know, so so I'm going to run the numbers a okay. little bit, right? Because yeah. you and I were chatting and it was just too much. It was so much. It was almost too much. It, maybe it was too much because there's yeah. so many shows, so much to do, so little time. And, you know, I was only there three or four days. You were there three or four days, whatever. And I saw... The shows I walked were Scope, Art Basel, Untitled, and then Winwood mm -hmm. District, right? And then the you know the gallery Everything there, in between. the museum, yeah. Stuff, right? So I just I say that to sort of level set and quantify, yeah, the fact that I scratched the surface. Yep. Of course, and I went to your show at National Hotel. There were like little pop ups and yeah, things that you put, you know, everywhere. sure. But over three or four days, you see a lot, and you tell me if you agree or disagree with this assessment mm -hmm. but this is my assessment of all that art of all the stuff i saw 80 percent is utter crap yeah 10 percent, give or take was promising and 10 percent, give or take was genius mm -hmm. 80 percent or more total fucking shit there's a lot of shitty art out there a lot of bad art dude really bad what the fuck is happening this is what happens when there's too much too much of anything too much of anything is bad and i think we talked about this when we were there but you know, just how many fucking times can you do a soup can? How many times can you fucking throw a, a Disney figure in something or a Mickey Mouse or a, or a Bugs Bunny? Like, it just gets repetitive and boring and tiring and just, just shitty, you know? It's to a point where art's become a thing. Art's become a thing. And when it wasn't a thing, it was just people in the know. Right back and in the by day. thing, yeah. Let's just unpack that for a minute because yeah. I know what you mean when you say a thing. Yeah, but just for listeners, just to make sure that we're all clear on what you mean. Yeah. When I hear you say this, yeah. art has become a thing. Yeah. I hear trendy. So art has become trendy. Yeah. It's Is that what you mean? Yeah. I, I mean, it's become a trend. It's become. It's a mainstream thing now to be at events like this mm -hmm. or to. Mm -hmm. You know, and would you go so far as to say art has become pop culture? Art has become pop culture. Art has definitely become part of our culture in, in, a, in a different way than it used to be. And yeah, I'll say it's become pop culture because 
I think social media has has played a huge role in that. And this is why it's become a thing. This is why it's become trendy, I think, in my opinion, is because social media, uh, cameras on your phone, all that stuff, art is a great backdrop for all that shit. When I would talk to people about art, okay, let's say back in the day when I was in college or even after college, there's people who didn't relate to art at all. You couldn't name drop. You couldn't say, even even big artists, you couldn't say Picasso or whatever to in, in certain circles because they just like look at you like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, let alone some hip, you know, new artist, right? You would never even talk about that. And now it's become a thing because how many selfies can you take, <laughs> right? A lot. But, you know, once in a while you want to change it up. So yeah. all of a sudden street art and graffiti and museums and installations and all those things become great backdrops for your selfie. So these people don't give a shit about your art. They care about the selfie in front of your art, you know? Sure. And so I agree with you. It's, it's become pop pop culture that's the time we're living in well you said in it you said mainstream which yeah. is maybe a little i mean popular culture mainstream maybe there's two sides of the same coin maybe the same thing i don't know but the point is is that you're i like that phrase mainstream and and i think you're dead on i mean the social media smartphones computers in our pockets phone i mean the the, the cameras yeah all that stuff is you know is driving it no doubt about it so it's so it's a lot and and it's really weird because now the problem is right like all these years we wanted to be known all these years we wanted people to follow us to be into what we're into all these years we wanted that attention right as an artist like hey please look at me or have a look at my art or you know what do you, you know comment on my art whatever you wanted some kind of feedback on your art we've gone from 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 wanting that back in the day to now competing with people who no one knows what the real shit is anymore no one knows Everyone's photographing, everyone's talking about it, everyone's giving their opinion on, on everything, but no one can dissect, like, what's the good shit from the bad shit? No one can separate it. No one knows, like, oh, that one is worth 100 grand because of this, and that one is worth 100 bucks because of that. There's absolutely no, like, I don't understand how, I don't know how else to say it, but, you know, there's, I guess there's so many people involved now in the culture that are enjoying art, that are into art, that they don't even know what's good or what's well, bad. Well, part don't of know what you're getting at is, I mean, the phrase that came to my mind when I'm listening to you yeah. is, is the phrase student of your craft. Right. Like on one hand, right. you have a bunch of so, so-called artists who literally just... And maybe this is, you know, you hear, you, you hear this about millennials generally, you know, one of the cliches about millennials is that, well, I know about it because I Googled it. Yeah. You know, I watch a YouTube video. So therefore I know sure. everything there is to know about this thing. And now I'm an expert or whatever. Yeah. And that's a gross oversimplification and not entirely fair, but you get my point. I think that part of what this is, is that for whatever reason, and, and I think, you know, you, you, you nailed it in terms of technology, democratizing, you know, art in so many ways, like the desktop you know, in the phone, like, mm -hmm. you know, photo access to Photoshop, these powerful tools yeah. that people can start using, spray can, whatever it is, they can start painting, they can start doing whatever. And there's no respect for the history. There's no respect no. for the 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 craft. There's no experience for the the OGs or the the masters before them. And so you end up having, I guess, eighty percent of shitty work at Art Basel. And, and yeah, and, and, you know, the thing is that, so the fairs I went to, I went to uh, Scope, 
which I really liked. I really liked Scope. I went to Art Miami. Was it Art Miami? What's the one next to it? Whatever. Project? Is it Project, I think? Well, there was Project. There was um, Art Miami. There was but anyways, Design and I, Miami. And obviously, I was in Wynwood. I went to a bunch of different, you yeah. know, smaller shows. But the thing was, like, okay, for example, Art Miami was really funny because I, I, I wouldn't have normally gone to that one, right? I got a hookup. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my man, Montana. Montana, Montana Mills. what's up? Montana Mills. Got to get Mo- him on the show. At, at Modern Multiples. So I met up with him and, and some of his friends and we walked the show and, you know, um, it was really funny because I noticed at that, at that fair, no one gave a shit about the art, really. I mean, it was really about the people that were there. It was flossing. It about was the like, scene. Not, it was about the scene, not the art. 100% not about the art. At least not the day I was there. Because I saw so many people just sitting and bullshitting and talking and it was like, what a great backdrop for us to have a cappuccino. What yeah. a great backdrop for us to talk about our new shoes and, and, and our new, you know, outfits or whatever. That's what it seemed like. I hardly saw anyone like really looking at the art and talking about it and really getting into it. It was just like, you know, and, and obviously this, this fair, you know, skewed a little older. So it was an older generation of collectors probably big big money there mm-hmm. you know and i'm yeah i'm sure there was big money there but like for example they had the vip booth right in the middle of of, of this place the vip booth was the center of the yes. art fair they had a vip <laughs> booth right in the middle and you can only walk you know are you sure that wasn't an installation by a genius artist that was conducting a uh, well the a only artwork, art exhibition the only artwork Inside the VIP area mm. was Shepherd Ferry. <laughs> okay, that's all. That's the only pieces that were in there. It was like a solo show of Shepherd Ferry's, like mostly prints on like uh, metal and yeah. aluminum and so you know whatever Shepherd Ferry stuff. But you know, everyone's there ordering their drinks and chilling and hanging out. And they were, I saw I saw some guy like get pissed because. You know, his waitress was taking too long and oh, got the wrong drink. And, you know, like, I'm like, dude, you're at a fucking art fair. Right. You know, yeah. and this is what you're worried about, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny in that respect. But it's kind of sad, too, you know? I did see some of those Shepherd Fairies had sold. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously somebody was paying attention. I, I agree with, in that fair especially, I got to say 80% of it was shit. Right. I got to say that. Because, you know, although my favorite gap, my favorite space at that show was Fabian Castier, I would say it wrong, Castaner Gallery. Easy for you to say. And Don't even ask me. I can't say it. Yeah, I, I, I always have trouble saying his name. But, you know, he had, obviously, I'm, you know, into street art and graffiti, so that's that's what I'm going to lean to. But, you know, he had a good show. He had, like, uh, what's his name? Speedy Graffito, John One, and, you know, he had a really cool mix of artists. Right. And and it was definitely the the fresher show yeah. within the show, and obviously you know I'm biased, but right, but I like that. But then there was a bunch of other stuff that was just like, you know, like shit you've already seen. Yeah, like like yeah. If Banksy was Broadway, then this is like the off off Broadway shit. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? But they're trying to sell it as a Banksy, so right. it's like it's been knocked off like three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, from other artists, from Warhol, from right. Banksy, right. from whoever. Right. 
but they're trying to sell it for the same price as an original, you know, Warhol. And and it's by some artist you've never heard of, probably done. Like there was these sculptures, I remember, that were, I mean, they must have cost a lot of money to make. They were, you know, like this resin or plastic. I don't know what the hell they were, but they were really, they're large pieces. So, you know, they were expensive to make. But they were there was nothing to it. It was just like you know had a paint bucket on its head with paint dripping on these statues, and so you know you're thinking like someone spent twenty thirty grand to make that sculpture, but it's some stupid you know right. paint can on right. a head right you know dripping on the rest of the body right like dude that's whack right you know and I I don't remember who the hell did it but it was probably someone that's kind of known or something I don't know. But it's so uninteresting. There was a lot of uninteresting stuff, you know, as opposed to in, in scope. I really like scope, for example. I thought that was more of the type of work that I like and also much younger crowd. Um, I think that makes the difference, you know, mm-hmm. when you're walking around people who are who are younger, more energy. And there was there was a lot of pieces of different artists that were affordable. You know, there was things going for. 1500 bucks, you know, 2500 bucks, right, you know, right. three grand, as opposed to some of the other affairs, everything was like everything starts at 25 grand, you right? Know? And it's there's so much to unpack there, but you know, one of the things is like, how much longer can we keep having these kind of art fairs, right? You know, because what it, what it seemed like to me was being there kind of proved how fucked up the art world is, yeah, how like disconnected it is from from artists, yeah. how disconnected it is from collectors, how disconnected it is from each other. But yet there's this giant mechanism trying to make it happen every year. Yeah. You know? And now it's not even every year. You know, now, now there's well, art for, Yeah. Go ahead. But but Art Basel, you know, is like obviously such a huge thing. Well for the city of Miami from yeah. a tourism standpoint, sure. I mean oh, they yeah. absolutely want to keep it absolutely booming, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean and you know I, I know what I'm getting into when I go to when I go to these right. things. Right. Like even like I haven't actually been to Art Basel per se before, like in I, Switzerland, or you mean the, no, no, the, show? the Miami one, Miami the, one. The, okay, got Miami. It. Yeah, I, yeah. I had never been to Art Basel, yeah. you, know, you know, Miami before. So, but I, I already knew what it was, right, right, right. You know, right, I, right. I, I, I get it. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I've yeah. done these things enough and been in other cities, right, and right. Well, it doesn't take <laughs> doesn't take, doesn't take long yeah. for uh, an intelligent artist to decipher that. The art world and the art scene is, well, the art world is way, in many ways, much more about the art scene than it is about the art yeah. or the scene. You know, and that was my, one of my things, like, you know, it was like, I loved it. It was, you know, I mean, in terms of like being in Miami and just, you know, being there with you and the whole thing. But it is um, way more uh, about the scene than it is about the art when it comes to the art scene in places and, like and that. And it's funny because most of my friends that I know, right, obviously are street artists, graffiti mm-hmm. artists. Or somehow in that in that mix, and I didn't want to do like I went to Winwood one day, right? Like that was it. Yeah. Now I was getting invited to do live painting. I was getting invited to do murals and all kinds of stuff. None of it, which was none of it, was to get paid. Right. It was just to do it. Yeah. Just for the sake of doing it, and I was like, no, nah, I'll pass. Yeah. Like you know, if I'm gonna be here, I want to go see where all the money is. Yeah. I want to go see what's going on with all these galleries. I want I want to know what's going on with these collectors. That's the world that I want to see. 
because I'm here. Yeah, right. I can I, I can be in that world any day, painting walls and and you paint every day. So yeah, it's, like not, you it's nothing special yeah, to me. Right. So it trips me out when people go all the way to Miami just to go paint a wall. Right. Because it's like I, I don't get that. I don't I don't. Do you need the validation that bad? I think so. Or or is it just maybe it's just fun? Okay, if it's fun, cool or right. whatever. But right. I, I can't imagine it. Be, I mean, you saw how how, how Winwood was. It can't be fun. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I saw guys on a on a, on a lift at midnight at Winwood painting a mural like by themselves, like twenty feet up in the air, finishing this mural. Like, what what do you gain out of it? Meanwhile, you know. Meanwhile, the, all this shit's going on around you. Yeah, you know, missing no, out. How many jobs did that person get? How many? Pro, I don't know. Maybe right. does it pay off or not? I don't know. I, I guess I always think about it as this is my career yeah. and this is how I make a living. If I can't somehow justify it into turning it into money or some kind of income or some kind of something that's going to support my career, then why do it? But all these other guys, I guess, maybe they don't think that way. Maybe they just think, hey, I'm an artist. I'll get exposure. Okay, cool. Well, you'll get exposure. That's for damn sure. But, you know, when if there's... People, if people look up. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> you know, you were there. What's the most memorable piece on Winwood? Oh, wow. Okay, don't get me started. Yeah. Right? Because, yeah, I mean, walking around Winwood just made me angry. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. You can't give me an answer because there's so much. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 right. Now, if you just did one piece somewhere else right. outside of, you know, right. whatever, I'll tell you who was smart. Now, I'm not always the biggest, you know, fan, but you know who was smart? Mm. Cobra. Mm. Cobra Street yeah. Guy. Yeah. Eduardo Cobra is that his name? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, people are tired of him. Right, right, right. <laughs> like I know, right. like I get it. Yeah, right? yeah People yeah. are just tired of yeah, him. Yeah. Like how many, how many fucking Warhols and this yeah, can he yeah. replicate on the yeah. wall or whatever? All right, but you know what he did? He did a fucking ballerina outside of of Art Miami, mm-hmm. dude, right on the street on this beautiful building with the, with the music center around him. Like the context was perfect. Yeah, right. And he was the only fucking mural there. Yeah. So every single person, every single person that came out of that fair mm-hmm. or that drove down that street saw that fucking ballerina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that guy's smart. Right. Right. Now you can say whatever you want about his art, whatever. Right. You know, actually this ballerina was actually, I liked it more than his other shit. Right. Right. But that was smart because I remember walking out of Art Miami and boom, there it was. And touche. That's it. That, yeah. You know, nice spot. Now, he would have done that ballerina in Winwood. No one would fucking remember it. That's right. No one would fucking remember no, it. It's it's in Winwood. It's like fucking white noise. It's just clutter. I mean, it's it's clutter. It's noise. It's it's hard to see. You know. I mean, look. So yeah, my two cents around just my own personal kind of reality and experience going. You know, as a forty-eight-year-old white guy too. Because I only say that you'll know why I say it in a minute because. Again, having only gone to, gone to certain shows, each show made me feel differently. Right? Oh a- yeah, about sure. about myself, mm-hmm. about Basel, about whatever. Right? Yeah. And so I've been joking about this a little bit because, and it, and I joke, but it's partly true, right? Because at our Basel, and I want to clarify something because earlier I said something very broad. I said you know eighty percent of the art at our Basel was shit. Let me clarify that. 80% of the art I saw in Miami in was Miami, shit. Dur- during Art Basel. During Art Basel. Yeah. Because at Art Basel, right. I went to Art Basel, and I joked because I said at Art Basel, I felt broke and unsophisticated. 
At the art fair, art at Basel. Inside, inside Basel. Art Basel, yeah. But but keep in mind, I mean, they're selling Picassos for yeah, millions. God knows how many millions of dollars. Okay. Right. The art in the Art Basel Fair, yeah. I think goes without saying, was incredibly refined, incredibly intelligent. A lot, a lot of it was incredibly intelligent, obviously very thoughtful in many ways. Yeah. It, it was it was probably on balance one of the more consistent shows in terms of quality within the, under that roof. Okay. Right. Now, there was a lot of redundancy. There was a lot of similarity, you know, like it still had its own shit going on. Sure. Right. But in terms of the people walking it, in terms of the art that was, they were trying to sell. Okay. Yeah. I was walking around, you know, feeling like I say, broke and unsophisticated. There was a lot of money in there. A lot of, you know, fucking, you know, I'll just say, rich old motherfuckers from you know europe or whoever you know although people have said that europeans aren't even coming to our basel in miami much anymore but so that was our basel <laughs> in winwood mm-hmm. <laughs> in winwood yeah i felt old and irrelevant yeah right right because it is all about youth culture totally it is all about what is hip and happening and trendy and cool and you know and don't get me wrong it was awesome to behold like the energy was amazing it was amazing and my 25 even 30 year old self would would have just gone bananas right but my 48 year old self yeah knows too much apparently (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) totally and i walked around winwood actually angry yeah. A lot of the time, because I know that nine out of 10, if not nine and a half uh, out of 10 of those murals were done for free. Yeah. And I know that that, that artwork helped drive the gentrification and the real totally. estate values of that area. And some, some, a few motherfuckers are getting very, very rich very on the back rich. of artists. Yeah. And so that made me angry yeah. on top of feeling already angry because I was feeling old and irrelevant. Right. I went to Untitled and Untitled was i felt more myself i felt like okay you know the art here the the art on title was was compared to scope even more refined in some ways than scope Mm -hmm. yeah different kind of thing but you know the crowd was you know uh uh, not old not young you know probably you know 40s 40s like me you know x xers a lot of xers right but then went at scope when I went to Scope, I mm-hmm. felt most comfortable at Scope. Yeah. I felt like, okay, this is my tribe. These are these are my people, you yeah. know. And the majority of the art spoke to me. Because there was, look, uh, I was trying to explain this to my buddy Link when I was there. It's like, there's an energy for me. There's an energy, a rawness and a, a raw energy about emerging contemporary art and artists that just speaks to me. Like, I like the the feeling that I get. Yeah. When I see some of the better work. I mean, yeah. when I talk about 80% of the art that I see in Miami or that I saw in Miami was shit. What I mean is that it lacked originality. It lacked technical prowess. Yeah. It lacked intelligence. It lacked, you know, uh, finish. It lacked, you know, any number of things, mm-hmm. right? Because to your point, like the appropriation, like art has, I mean, there's always appropriation in art, you know, probably forever. Right. Yeah. But the amount of appropriation going on to your point earlier, it's like it enough with the pop culture motifs of 
God knows what, whether it's a brand or a board game or a fucking <laughs> rock band oh, or, yeah. or, or whatever, pop culture right. or some biter trying to be some white art school graduate trying to be edgy like they grew up in the hood doing grap. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. It's crazy. Be, you know, I'm looking for, what I'm looking for in art is authenticity. And mm-hmm. these words are overused. But I'm working, I'm looking for for provenance, uh, authenticity, originality, intelligence, yeah. skill, all those things, right? Right. And if, um, if I feel like I've seen it before, I'm just moving on. Like, exactly. I'm not interested. Totally. And so I just felt like the majority of that stuff that I was seeing, I'd seen it before yeah. or it wasn't done well or it wasn't thought out or it was just, you know, it was done hastily. It was done with with not even self-respect. Right. No. If you had a healthy amount of self-respect, you wouldn't be showing this stuff. Right. You know? Well, it felt a lot like, you know, depending which gallery, depending which fair, but they all had it to some extent was, you know, obviously like, Let's show this because this will sell there. Yeah, right. You know, that was the case more more often than not, I think, in a lot of these spaces that we're showing. As opposed to, you know, this is an artist that we believe in. Let's show him to the world, you know? Right. Or like, this is an artist we believe in and let's give him a shot, you know? And now I did see, I think in Scope, I saw more more of that than anywhere else. Okay. Where I did see younger artists or even... Not even just younger, just just artists you hadn't seen before with certain pieces. I'm not going to remember all the artists because, you know, I just can't. But I took photos of all these things. And I remember specifically taking photos of their names and stuff because I knew I was going to forget. But, you know, at some point I want to tag them and do something on the blog mm-hmm. about it because mm-hmm. it was really refreshing when you did see something that was, oh, that's cool. I never, I never yeah. seen that artist before. Right, right. It's affordable because they're just starting out or or whatever but they're doing something different yep you know something new yep and they have a style and they're working on it or they're there or whatever as opposed to just like fucking overhyped overpriced shit right you know with, i call uh, it you know what i call it i call it new money art there was a lot of what i called new money art yeah and this is because money doesn't buy taste and money doesn't buy no. style no okay money might allow you to go buy a ferrari but it doesn't help you know how to drive it and it, i think art in a lot of cases you know people want to go there and they don't they're not informed or they don't know or whatever and uh, or they're into status, you know, it's like, oh, I want to show, you know, cause a lot of new money, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, you look at a lot of, you know, rappers. I mean, you know, they want you to know they fucking, you know, are fucking balling or whatever. Right. That's fine. I'm just saying like a lot of that art struck me as sort of art that might appeal to people that just don't know any better or just have bad taste. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's almost like the art world's version of making it rain at a strip club. <laughs> I love that. You know I what I'm love saying? That. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Yeah. It's just like, look right. at this art. Right. But you know what? <laughs> okay. So that makes me think, you know who I didn't see there? What I didn't see? What? And maybe it was there and I just missed it. Huh. King of body paint. Like, like there was oh. none of these, the body art. Yeah. The live the art. The king body. of tape and all these fucking guys. Like, right. Like, where were those girls? They should have been walking the show. I think they were there. I think I think we just didn't go to that party. Uh, damn, we got to go to that party. <laughs> we got it. That's the party we got to go to. So, <laughs> so okay. So I don't know about you. I want to hear from you, but like I'll go first because you know there are there were a couple of pieces that stood out, mm-hmm. you know, to me that I remember pretty well because well I, I will never forget because they were just really special because you know like I said you know I'm typically looking. 
for art and evaluating art based on originality, execution, technique, intelligence, uh, you know, exclusivity, rarity, material, all those things. And there were just a couple of pieces that I saw that I will never forget that, that when I saw them, I thought, wow, now that was, that got me in the gut, you know, that, that got me in the heart that got me right between the eyes because it just struck me as being really special, really unique. And I don't know if you saw them or not, but I'll, I'll try to explain them well, good so that you can imagine them. So at Untitled, did you go to Untitled? I don't think I did, no. Okay. Now, I posted this on my social media, so you might have uh, seen it at Scott Sourdough Power. I was standing, and what, what was weird is I don't know that this was in the show or not, because I had gone to the bar to get a drink. Yeah. Okay, imagine that. And like behind the bar, like like not up close, like it was like far back, like on this wall. There was like art on the wall. Now, I wasn't sure if like that was part of the show or maybe that was art there. Like what? I don't know. But yeah, this was, okay, so imagine a school bus. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm at a yellow, big, long school bus, right? That right. yellow wall of, of steel or aluminum on the side, you know, you've got the the windows above and then the letters, you know, oh, right, such right. and such elementary school. And then that classic school bus yellow. School bus yellow, yeah. Okay. That big surface, right? Somebody had taken that side panel off. Like sheet metal part. Sheet like, metal. Thank you. Sheet metal part. Yeah. Had taken that sheet metal panel off and cut. Oh, right. A shape of a gun. Oh, wow. Handgun out of that sheet metal. Like a giant Like a gun. giant handgun. Right, with the school It was bus. probably 10 feet tall or wow. 8 feet, you yeah, know, yeah. by 4 or 5 feet, you That's know, with powerful. the handgun. And it was just on with the with the school lettering. Like, yeah. I, it just got me right. in the gut. I was like, wow. Like, that's yeah. super powerful, right? I get it. Yeah. So anyway, so that was probably maybe, maybe my number one. My number two happened to be at Untitled. Both of these pieces, now mm-hmm. that I think about it. But somebody, I guess, working with, I don't know enough about rug making, mm-hmm. but I guess you use a loom or something to make rugs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Now imagine, you know, we've seen them, right? All those Persian rugs, you know, at the stores on, you know, La Cienega or whatever, you know, yeah. those beautiful, all that beautiful detail. Well, this rug was probably, I don't know, call it six by 12 or something, you know, or eight by 10 or whatever. and. It was basic. It was a finished rug and was hanging, you know, vertical, you know, like this. But the way the thread, the way they had woven it, yeah, okay, it was as if they had woven into the design paint that had been poured and dripping. Oh, right. And it was just yellow gold paint, mm-hmm. and then the tap, then the the actual orna- ornamental kind of tapestry of the art or whatever, like started like appearing down at the bottom right but it was just like they had woven this paint and it was dripping mm. it drips down oh that's cool and there was no opacity i mean it was totally opaque you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and i just like well, how the fuck did they How'd do they that do you know right. what i mean yeah. I mean, it was just so cool right and um so anyway those are the two pieces that sort of come to mind and, and interestingly they weren't even at un- at scope they were at untitled i'm huh. trying to think now what really spoke to me at Untitled, although I, I mean, at Scope, although I did, I, I will tell you that at Scope, yeah, I bought a piece. Oh, wow. He did. Yeah. And, but it wasn't for me. It was for my daughter. Okay. And so I'm sort of like on this thing now, like trying to buy little pieces for the kids, you know, that I think maybe someday, yeah. I mean, well, it doesn't even matter. Like may, may, maybe if we get lucky, it increases in value, but like, that's not even why I'm buying it <clears throat> necessarily. Right. 
But do you know the French-Canadian female artist Sandra Chevere? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm I not saying she's... her name properly, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I, uh, I, I know what you're talking about, though. Chev, uh, Chev, Chevier. 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 C-H-E-V-R-I-E-R. She's on Instagram. Sandra Chevere. C-H-E-V-R-I-E-R. I apologize if I'm mis- mispronouncing yeah. that. But she does this really powerful, I think that's powerful, these female images. And she incorporates like comics right. into, well, they she had this print of this African-American female right. with, you know, super strong looking face with the comics kind of coming off her skin the way she does or whatever. Yeah. And there was, uh, it was, it was like a hundred of them. Uh, she had a mm-hmm. hundred prints. prints yeah. And I bought one for cool. Eden. Yeah. And number one was sold, of course, that the owner of the gallery kept them one, but I got right. uh, 100. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So anyway, how yeah. about you? Well, it's funny because you mentioned her because, you know, I'm on the fence about her her work, uh, to be honest. You know, there's some stuff that I like of hers, but then, you know, she does that whole comic book thing, which... Oh, here's the piece. That's what I bought. Yeah, yeah, I seen that one. I saw it online. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's powerful. That's that's a good one. It's good for Eden, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah no, right, no, right, right. No, no, but I mean, like, I good. totally thought of Eden when I saw that. So I mean, but she's an artist where I I can say, well, at least at least I can tell that that she's practiced her craft, right? You know, right. oh, her technical like, ability is off the chart, right? Great artist, you know, good painter and everything. So I'm not gonna diss her on that, of course, but but you're on the fence, like why? But I'm you? on the fence because of the. I, I guess I guess when I see comics, yeah, it just turns me off. Got it. I think that's what doesn't turns matter me off. who it is. You no, just it doesn't matter who thing. it is. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. not my thing, and right. it, it actually makes me think like, ah, oh, man, I wish you wouldn't have done that. I would have loved it so much more if you did something else. Yeah, right, 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 right. So to me, it's kind of like a yeah. I don't know. I'm it, not. It, I'm not it, yeah, I get it. No, it's I get it's it. too much of, of a softball pitch. You know, it's like if there are several metrics by which you judge the quality of an art piece and originality or exclusivity or whatever is one or two. Like maybe you go down a notch. Yeah, or, be, or you lose some points there because you're appropriating yeah somebody else's ip yeah that's that's definitely you know and she had these things too you, maybe you saw these they were next to yes, uh, yes. the retinas yes the retina yes, piece whatever yeah, right. so yeah whatever you know it's cool she's she's a cool artist but not i wouldn't say my favorite and right obviously i just not into the comic book thing but what i was into that i really loved that scope there was a few a few things and i i'm looking at my my photos photo feed that I took so I can say these names right because I think they're important well and by the way I don't I hope I'm not jumping ahead here but uh, our boy Logan Hicks had a fucking amazing yeah. piece at, so, at Scope so Logan had an awesome piece number of reasons number one the scale of it right yeah this thing was like 25 feet long or something yeah, right wide. massive it was huge and it's all done with stencils yeah. like fuck dude it was just crazy <laughs> And it was really funny because um, I saw he had it was in the Porsche lounge, right? Yeah, like Porsche yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And in the back corner, yeah. And so it kind of it was weird because I walked in there and I think the 15, 20 minutes I spent in that room, two thirds of that time was just staring at his work and just looking yeah, at it. Right. And I was the only one. <laughs> it's it. Well, my 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 issue with that, my issue was yeah. they the they the way they placed it. Yeah, it was the the obviously the car was the centerpiece, yeah, but it was like the backdrop. Yeah, it was like yeah, it it didn't get the the do. Well, it was just totally the backdrop. Yeah, and from a distance, you can't appreciate how good this piece is mm. because the average person who walks in who doesn't know anything about Logan and his work mm-hmm. just looks at it like, oh, that's a cool painting. 
or whatever, you know, right. cool colors. Right. Whatever. But if they understood like the level of intricacy, like this is, these are fucking stencils, dude. Like, are you fucking crazy? And look at all these greens he used. It's crazy. So, and it's funny because when I came back to LA, I was, I was uh, hanging out with another artist friend of mine. He was like, oh, I was Miami. I was like, oh, it was cool. You know, we were talking, blah, blah. And then I was showing him some pictures. And then he goes, he goes, uh, I said, yeah, check out this fucking, I tell him, let's check out this Logan Hicks piece. And he goes, yeah, I saw it. You know, like I saw it on, like, I saw it on Instagram, right? And I'm like, yeah, but you, you really don't get it till you see it in person. And he goes, he goes, yeah, but I'm not impressed because you could just do it with the brush. Like, why do you have to do it with stencil? <laughs> oh jeez he goes at that scale like like i'm not impressed because it's just he's you know. totally missing and, the point yeah and i, I as i said i said dude you totally missed the point like the the crazy thing is he is doing it with stencil yeah and that's like, his art that's like why I look at how insane you know and he goes yeah, yeah but there's no need to do it with stencil i go yeah but there's no that, need but that's, that's the, the fucking but point that's exactly right there's no need for any of this shit yeah yeah there's no you, know, you can just take a picture and Jesus. put and fucking yeah and just wow. blow up the picture boy so anyways um and don't then play, afterwards play. he was like kind of like please don't tell me it's vile I, no it, it, it wasn't it wasn't him but it, and i won't tell you who it was but because you know him too but anyways yeah. but at the end of the conversation he was kind of like well yeah i guess maybe you're right i go no well you i go you really do have to see it in person it's it's, it's one of those things and how he had to do it right I yeah. Mean, yeah so i saw the story and how he had to do it because the studio is only like 20 feet wide yeah, right. and oh. <laughs> so that was awesome piece but there was the, what i was really into was these sculptures you know and usually i'm not into sculptures mm -hmm. but there was this one woman that was doing these sculptures like this. So her name is Crystal Mori, and she was showing um, at Scope with Ant Antler Gallery. Okay. Ant Antler. Yeah, Antler Gallery. Okay. And dude, look at this piece. This was like hand-sculpted porcelain. Dude, and it was like 1950. It was like two, two grand. And I saw her stuff online wow. by chance before Art Basel. And then I was like, oh, oh, I got I gotta go to Scope and and check it out in person. You yeah. know, yeah. I love them. I mean, they're like half human, and and Crystal Mori. Yeah, like half human and then half animal. Yeah. And I know. And usually, and see, here's the funny thing. Usually, I don't like that kind of stuff either. Right. Right. Because a lot, I think it's overdone too. Yeah. A lot of this half animal, half thing. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. 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 But the way these were done. Yeah. And they're on, they're porcelain and they're like these little sculptures and they're just white. Yeah, and it's just something. They're really elegant and and contemporary at the same time. It's obviously very delicate being porcelain, yeah. being but right. very delicate and fragile. But yet at the same time, there's a power and a strength totally to the you know to the piece, right? Given the the subject matter, I really liked um, those pieces. So the, you know, shout out to Crystal; those were great. And also, by the way, just I just could give a shout out to my man, but but dear. At Art Above Reality. Oh, my God. I saw him. He, he came up to me, dude. He's like, dude, what's up? He's like, oh, my God. It was, was so everywhere. good to see him. He was everywhere. But, we got to you know, get him on the show. Yeah, man. well, thanks for getting me into Scope, bro. <laughs> so, you know, he had a great booth, and all the artists he was showing from Philly were, were dope, too. Then there was this other, let's see, what was another? There was a few. There, there was the, This one was something I wouldn't normally have really been into either. But I just thought they were so well done. So this guy's name is Eric Nado or Nado. Eric Nado, N-A-D-O. He was with the COA Gallery. And he had these sculptures, again, sculptures. They were fucking machine guns, but they were 
I saw those. Yeah, these are really badass. But they're typewriters. Yeah, no, these are badass. So each yeah, one yeah, of those yeah, yeah. guns was made yeah. from a typewriter, like an antique typewriter. Right. And incredible. It's incredible because he took. I mean, and I like pieces like that because they're they they work on so many levels, right? Yeah, right. Because number one, just to think of to do that is one thing. And then to actually be able to execute it, like how the hell did you get all those keys and parts of the typewriter to turn into a gun barrel and a and a all that you know, it's incredible. Just the craftsmanship is incredible. And then obviously the whole fucking idea about, you know, you know, literature and being a weapon, you know, writing as a weapon is obvious. But you know, and normally I again I was kind of like if you would have told me like you're gonna go like these gun pieces, I probably would have said no. But when I saw him, I was like, oh, man, these are cool. Well, and not just, the, I mean, the thing about it is, you know, he didn't just do it once. He did it oh, yeah. one, two, three, four, <laughs> and God knows how many other times. Because, yeah. I mean, there's four yeah. guns here, five. Yeah, he has a whole wall of them. Incredible. So, anyway, so shout out to Eric uh, Nato. I hope I'm saying it right. Those were dope pieces. But, I mean, there, there was there was quite a few that really grabbed me. Those are just some of the highlights, I think, I remembering. But, yeah, there, there was also this other artist I liked from... Um, Erica Sonata, she was showing at with Modern Eden, and she also had sculptures, and they were they were kind of fun and just like colorful. Oh, fun! Yeah, just fun. Had like these flying kind right. of almost mythical creatures, but they're yeah. just really cool sculptures. They're surreal as well. Surreal yeah. and and you know playful. Yep. You know. Yep. She was another cool again ceramic. Ceramic with cold finish, you know. I don't even know what that is, but it was cool. <laughs> so I guess I was really into um, into sculpture this yeah. time, you know. Yeah, more so than the painting. There was just, um, I mean, there, there was a lot of good paintings there too. But I, I just, you know, for whatever reason, the sculptures really grabbed me this year, or at this fair at least. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, I, I don't mean to sound critical, you know, because here's here's the good news. The good news is that people are expressing themselves. Right. And there is an explosion of creativity out there. Whether, you know, I think it's good or bad doesn't matter. Whether whether it sells or not doesn't I mean the I think the beautiful thing is that people are expressing themselves, being creative, putting themselves out there. It is incredibly a big risk and incredibly stressful thing to do to be make yourself vulnerable. Right. To people's critique and people's criticism. I mean I'm sure any artists out there listening to us talk right now are going, oh, my God, I wonder if my painting is like part of that 80 percent that he did. You know, for mm -hmm. those of you who might be wondering, it doesn't fucking matter what I think. You right. know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like what matters is that you feel good about it and that you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I put my my heart into this, my soul into this. I, right. I gave it my best effort in this moment that I'll continue to grow. I'll continue to get better and hone your craft. I think the only criticism I would have that that what might matter is if you stop trying to improve, if you stop trying to grow, if you stop trying to right. get better at your craft, because that's, that's uh, ultimately, you know, the ultimate failure and the cardinal sin of, of any artist to stop growing. And, and I, I think it was incredibly, I mean, on a certain level for me, it was incredibly inspiring to see so many people out there taking that risk, being vulnerable and willing to you know, put their art out there in the world. No, totally. And along with the risk you're talking about, which is as an artist, right? You're putting, making yourself vulnerable, like you said, and putting yourself out there. I mean, some of these galleries who did that too, 
I mean, they do, they're doing it too. Some of these galleries are are if they're putting out what they believe in. Yeah, right. You know, they're putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah, right. Because that shit ain't cheap. No. You know, if these guys are spending, I mean, who, you know, what does the fucking booth cost? Oh my god! I mean, several many thousands of many dollars. thousands of dollars, and then to ship all the artwork. And then to the hotel, the food, the oh, gas, dude. the transportation, the energy, the manpower, the like, I mean, yeah. we're talking easily. I don't think a gallery and a, ga- a small gallery with the smallest booth yeah. and the smallest amount of paintings or whatever probably doesn't get out of Basel for any less than all with all travel, all that shit. I- I'm guessing you don't get out of there for anything under 35 K. Totally. That's what I was going right. to say. I was going to say, there's, there's no way you can go do Basel at a small and significant you know, place right. for right. less than 30 grand. Yeah. Now, you want to hit the big time? You want to do the, the big fairs? You know, you're talking 100 grand. Yeah, right. Easy. Right. You know? So so I also got to shout out some of the galleries that were doing shit okay. that they believed in because, yep. so for example, you know, our boy Bisco Smith, right? Yeah. You saw his shit at, at, oh, yeah. at Scope, yeah. right? Yeah. So he had like a solo show. Yeah. This was them, uh, Treason Gallery. Treason, shout out. And they're out of Seattle. Right. You know? So I had never heard of Treason Gallery before and I went up and met, the, let's see what's this guy's name. That's Jace. That's right. Jace Eiler or Iller. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but Jace is a gallerist over at Treason Gallery. Obviously, I know Bisco Smith's work. Yep. You know, he's a, a LA artist, you know, good good guy, great work. But to have a whole gallery, you know, dedicate. Yeah, it's a big, it's, it's a, a big statement, oh, man, big risk. It's a big risk. Talk and about so, a vote of confidence. And so, I mean, I really hope he sold all his pieces. They were great pieces. You know, if you know his work, it's black and white kind of tags yep, yep. and going on abstraction. I mean, really cool stuff. So, so yeah, so shout out to both Bisco, but also Trees and Gallery for taking a risk. You know, the same thing with our boy Badir from Art Above Reality. Yes. I mean, he was bringing in... That dude was running around like crazy because he was doing. He was also doing moderating talks at the hotel down the street. Ah. So when I saw him first, right. he was literally running down Ocean Drive, yeah. like running. <laughs> and I had to stop him. Like, but he's like, "Oh, what's up, dude?" He's like, "I'm on the way to moderate. I'm running late." I'm like, "You go through." You know, these kind of experiences is what gives me hope. Yeah, right. right. For sure. where art is going in the future, that's because right. that's right. It's like there are people, you know, like us who are passionate about this shit you know for every jaded gallery that i met i also met you know a young up-and-coming that's right person who was into it and here's the thing like i truly believe that this sounds cliche but i truly believe the cream rises to the top and nature sorts out the rest i mean the the bullshit will eventually die off right you know the strong do survive right and and those galleries and those artists and those galleries and those curators you know presenting the strongest work I would like to believe yeah, <laughs> that right. uh, they will stand the test of time. Well, you know, the, but the thing is, right. What, what I didn't say, make the most money. I didn't say, yeah. you know, any of that. I said, you know, on its merits. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the, the, the issue becomes when these younger galleries, these hungrier ga- galleries are showcasing, you know, these really good artists that are really challenging shit when they get picked up by the bigger galleries mm. and then, yeah, right. You know, then that's, that's, I think where it gets weird and where, you know, because there could be a really good artist gets picked up by a big gallery or yeah, whatever. Right. And it could, it's, it, it's a life changing thing. I mean, it can, yeah. it can take your sales as an artist from a couple thousand to fucking six figures. Yeah. You know, yep. it can. Yeah. And what does that do to the art? 
what does that do to the artist? You know, we, we both know artists who have been there, done that, gone through that experience, and some of them are handling it great, and some of them are not doing so great because of that. Right. And what I mean is, you know, sometimes what suffers is the art. Sometimes what suffers is the actual person. So these fairs kind of show you that spectrum. That's that's the cool thing, I think, about seeing it all at once. Right. Is you get to see the spectrum. You get to see the fucking... The guy who drove out here in his fucking bus right. full of art in the back, yeah. trying to trying to make it, yeah. you know, posting up at Wynwood yep. and trying to hope he sells a $20 canvas to the fucking billionaire guy that just flew in for one night to buy, you know, 10 Picassos <laughs> or right. whatever, and, you know, and, it's and, crazy. And, and in terms of the food chain, in terms of the Dar- Darwinian food chain, yeah. I mean, those shows represent it, right? Because, I mean, how many of those artists at Scope or, or Art Miami? Yeah. And I didn't go to Art Miami, but yeah. you know how many yeah. of those artists or Winwood yeah. aspire to get into Art Basel, the show at Art Basel. Oh, you know what's funny is I was going to one of the fairs, and homeboy hits texts me like, "Yo, what's up? Where you at?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to you know, going to this one of the art fairs," and he's like, "How how'd you get tickets for that?" And like, "Wow, okay, all right, well we're over here at Winwood." Kind of like that was such a big disconnect. Oh, there's a huge disconnect like, right, between Winwood and some of those shows. Like, like, wait, you came out here to go to one of the fairs? Like, I thought you were coming out here for Winwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, yeah. You know? And, and I, I got that a, a few times from people who are just there for Winwood. You know, and right, and this whole right, the whole art fair thing, it's just going on in the backdrop. They don't, yeah. even, they don't even really know what it's about. They don't want to. They're, they're not even associated with it. They don't want to get into it. They're there for Winwood. Sure. But and, you know uh, what? Yeah. The, the reverse is true. Yeah. There are tons of people at Basel and at Scope and some of these other shows that don't know about Winwood. It's true. That's I, true. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, case in point, I love my boy Link. I've known him for 30 years. He's, uh, you know, he's succeeding in his, you know, he's playing his lane. He's doing very well. Yeah. Selling lots of pieces. He was showing at Scope. He sold some pieces represented by a gallery out of London. He's doing very well, but he's de- definitely focused on a specific demographic, yes. a specific socioeconomic kind of world totally. status. Okay. Had, did know about Winwood. Right. And Link, I mean, I think of Link as a cool hip guy, but right. like he was he's so, so like, he's like, what's that? I'm right, like, are you right. fucking kidding me? Right. You know? And he right. was blown away. He couldn't fucking believe. He was like, how did I not fucking know? You know? And, um, and he was so inspired. He was so inspired by Win. but I was, but he was also shocked. To know that most of these murals were done for free. He's like, you're fucking kidding me. Yeah. Yeah. He's Because he would never imagine doing no. something for free. Not in a million years. No. He's too smart of a business guy. Right. So anyway, so that, that was that was super fascinating to, to you know, because I think that, that these worlds, I mean, they don't always intersect. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, and I wonder to what extent, you know, the, some of the artists in Winwood or Scope aspire to be in Art Basel in 20 years, 10 years, five years, what have you. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, kind of to your point, too, was like, let me see, where's this other gallery that there was some some very smart people who 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 kind of did both things, I think. Well, anyways, I don't know if I'm going to find it, but that, that's a condom. Oh, that, yeah. That's, that's not a card. That's a yeah. condom. Like I've used those ever. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you I'm getting married? I, I'm 25 year anniversary next year. Shut up, really? Yeah, so don't 25 talk to me. 25 years? She put up with your ass for 25 years? Yeah. 
So, oh, Laura. So that's 25 years of no condoms. Oh, my so. God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I don't know. What TMI, those are TMI. Yeah. I don't know. Where is it? But, anyways, my point was I was <laughs> trying to make a I point. I digress. You digress. Sorry. I, see, I always take it to the, to the lowest common denominator. Always. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry. What I was going to say was so I know one of the galleries, like, again, uh, Fabian Castaner Gallery mm. was at Art Miami. But they also had a solo show in Wynwood Smart. with Faith Forty Seven. Right, right, right. And right. she had one of the best shows at the whole fucking thing. You know, yeah. everyone was going crazy over her shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so shout out to Faith Forty Seven and Castaner Gallery. But um, you know, so so there's some people who get it. Yeah. You know, those are obviously smart people. Obviously, I, I guess what's obvious to us, and you know, you said you felt it irrelevant and Wynwood. Just because I'm old. Yeah, and I get that, right? But you still get it, you know, totally. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you get the connection of what's going on in art, yeah. in culture, all that shit. Now, those kids running around there, you know, fucking twerking to Yogati, you know, they may not get it. Right. They, they don't get it. No, they, no. they don't. Right. They don't see the connection between, you know, Puma on the screen, Yogati on the stage, lunch trucks in the street, murals on the backdrop. Like, they don't get the whole connection. Exactly. You know? Right, right, right. But you know obviously some of us do and that's the part that's interesting mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. that i think what we're trying to do and we're trying to talk about is 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 that kind of like it's hard to grasp right it's there but it's hard to but yeah yeah but but you know what it's hard to grasp you know for for some people who aren't paying attention for yeah. those of us who right. have been around the block and know what's up the truth of the matter is you know i talked about this i mean when you think about what was happening just that one in that one place in Wynwood that one night, yeah. all of the stories right, right, that aren't getting told, right? Yeah, right. This is exactly why we want to do this podcast, why we want to have Not Real Art as, yeah. a, as a media platform uh, with a podcast on a radio station and a conference and events. And, oh, yeah. and, you know, because these stories are entertaining. Mm-hmm. These stories are dramatic. These stories are funny. These stories are everything in between. Like there's right. so there's so much humanity. Yeah. Right. That's happening in a place like Winwood and Art Basel and Scope. Yeah. And you know, for you and you and I, you know, we know that these stories are being underrepresented. This hum- this part of humanity is being underrepresented. Our culture, as two people who are passionate about art, design, creativity. Yeah. You know, we're not being supported by media the way sports fans are. Right. We're not being supported by by media by the by the way politicos are or investors are. Yeah. You know, so on and so forth. So you know, you and I look at that and go, wow. You know, like there's all this energy, all these stories. We want to help. Well, A, we want to be a part of it. We are a part of it, but we want to help elevate it and celebrate it. And and we want to do that, you know, in the small ways that we can do, sure. such as this podcast and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what we're trying to do. It was, <laughs> if, I don't know how it felt like to you, but being there in Miami in our, during Art Basel, seeing it all, it's kind of, it didn't, it didn't kind of feel like, this is what I'm talking about, right? Like it just felt like, like this is what I'm talking about. Exactly like, right. Like, how can you put that into a small little jar and feed it to people, you know, back home and in different markets and say, like, we were there, right? My wife, I think it was my wife, asked me, "Why don't they do this in L.A.?" <laughs> like, we're, we're we're in Winwood, right? We're in Winwood in the right. middle of all this shit yeah, going on. Yeah. Why don't we do this in L.A.? I'm like, exactly. Why? Why not? Yeah. You know. Yes. And there's so many answers. We we can go down a whole rabbit hole just talking about why not, but 
but that's it. That's a model of what can happen, you know? 100%. 100%. And it is happening. And it's only a matter of time, right, before all this stuff begins to coalesce and come together and sort out and gel. And because the thing about the art world right now, I don't think it's it can last because this is something we didn't talk about vis-a-vis Art Basel. And we could talk about it in another episode because I know we're running long. But the corporatization oh, yeah. of art. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be sure. five minutes before corporations start calling themselves artists. Yeah. Corporations have already called themselves people. Yeah. Called right. themselves citizens. Right. Called them, you know, right. free speech. Money is free speech. And pot. like, how long before they start calling themselves an artist? Well, this is an expression of, of this is our original expression. Right. This is art. We're artists. Right. If that's going to win a legal case, you know, in some court of law, they're going to break that shit out. And, you know, let alone, you know, obviously there's the the patronage that comes with corporations. Right. Companies have, have supported artists over the years and stuff. But, I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but the uh, the art newspaper, I don't know if you saw it. I picked one up, but it's a, it's a UBS publication, right? Mm-hmm. So UBS being a big financial company, like they're getting into the game. They just launched yeah. an app. Point is, is that. The corporatization of arts, the, the the appropriation of art and culture within this construct uh, is all happening. We haven't even explored that. And it's the, the, the problem with the art world is that it's hugely fragmented right. and inefficient and is underperforming as a result of it. And, and it's because of that reason, mm-hmm. big money, big organizations will come in and try to, try to infiltrate it totally. and, and, and capitalize on it because they'll organize it, they'll commoditize it, and they're already doing it. Right. So, you know, look, whether it's us or somebody else, it's only a matter of time before there's a radio channel on Sirius dedicated to right. art, design, and creativity, for right. example. Yeah. Well, you know, the recently they just sold the first AI painting at an at an art auction. I saw that. Yeah. So that that's going down the road you're talking about. Yep. Right? Cuz who owns that? Who who created that? You know, like that's the whole debate starts, you know. Yep. So this may be the last art art balls that we go to just to try to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what. Truth of the matter is, I so much enjoyed the thick people watching. Yeah. That I don't think it's going to be, say, say nothing of the art. I mean, yes, the art <laughs> is amazing, but I love Miami, it, the culture, the people. It's so, it's so sexy. It's so fun. I know I look forward to going back. I want to go back to Art Basel with you next year. Yeah. I hope we can make it happen. We will. Uh, I think my wife is even in, you know, talking about going uh, next year. Which, oh, my wife's down. Yeah. She she loved it. Okay. So we got the ladies going. Yeah. So okay. we, we could send them off to go buy shoes and stuff. And we can uh, we can watch go 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 people <laughs> yeah right uh, culture. <laughs> culture culture that's right yeah go look at culture that's it my friend well right uh, I tell you what man this has been a fantastic chat I want to uh, remind our listeners to please subscribe to the podcast comment tell us what you think like the episode share the episode be sure to follow us on social media at not not real art official on Instagram you know the thing I want to point out to listeners real quick before we go is I want everyone to know that we're, we've got a conference coming up March 16th in LA, the Not Real Art Conference. That's right. The tickets are for sale, available at notrealart.com. Just click on conference and follow the links. Exciting one-day learning event for artists to come together, learn, share, network, and grow. We've got some great speakers, some great artists, some great experts, subject matter experts. We're going to talk about protecting your IP, licensing your IP, pitching your IP to Hollywood. We've got some great Hollywood executives and pros coming out. So it's going to be a great event, March 16th. So be sure to uh, get your tickets at notrealart.com. 
Hit us up. Man, one, you're the best. All right, Sardo. All right, peace out. Peace. Peace.